Hey, I uh, want to drive you uh, to your chat box as we start our kind of big kid reflection time. Uh, so, so go to Zoom, go to Facebook. And, uh, and what I'd like you to do is just kind of get your brain moving towards our topic and ask you to, to, to type in a place where you almost always feel welcome. But what's a place where you almost always feel welcome? And I know this is a, a particular season, and so maybe for the last couple of months you haven't been able to go there. Uh, but, but what's a place where you almost always feel welcome? Uh, for me, I, I was thinking honestly about any time that we kind of go to Krista's family, it, it feels like uh, they, they pour out uh, from, from all you know, corners of the property or the house, and there's a lot of them to pour out. But uh, there's just like this explosion of joy and this explosion of conversation. They're helping to carry our bags. Uh, they usually instantly engage the boys with some kind of activity or some kind of game. And and they just are, are very good at making us feel welcome. What's a place like that for you, where, where you go and almost always feel welcome? Uh, today, as we consider Luke chapter 7, we, we won't be going verse by verse, but we want to look at three different characters uh, around this meal. We've got Simon the Pharisee, we, we've got the woman, and we've got Jesus. So, so we're going to be looking at all three of those characters uh, but, but before we do that, I want to give you just a little illustration that I, I hope is helpful. So, Zeke, will you come up here? Um, Zeke and I are going to illustrate something for you. Uh, we we want to just give you a picture of what it looks like to, to sort of start a relationship with somebody. So, so you might think about, uh, you know, when you meet somebody on the street or when you're walking out uh, in, uh, you know, in your neighborhood, um, or, 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 uh, or, or when you meet somebody at church for the first time, right? The beginning of a relationship. Uh, this is just about the, uh, the, the usual six feet social distance that we're supposed to be keeping right now. But something interesting happens when we just first meet somebody. Um, there's kind of this, uh, this instant like emotional distance between us and that person. Uh, and so, so Zeke and I are kind of trying to illustrate that a little bit. Uh, there's this, uh, this emotional distance between us and somebody else. And, and what I'm doing when I just met Zeke is I'm saying, hey, Zeke, I'm going to watch you to see what you're going to do. And I'm going to listen to you to see what you're going to do. And, uh, and if you say the right types of things, and if you do the right types of things, then I will what? Move towards you. And if you say the wrong types of things and you, and, and you do the wrong types of things, then I'm going to move away from you. Okay, and, and so, so this, we just want to see, is not being very gracious. <laughs> I'm putting Zeke in a position where he has to earn my approval, right? Where, where he has to, uh, to prove himself worthy of me moving towards him in relationship. And so I'm over here kind of, kind of judgmentally choosing what I'm going to do with him. Um, this is not a gracious position. I'm, I'm asking him to earn it and to prove himself, say the right thing, do the right thing, and then I'll move towards him. And so, so hopefully this illustration is helpful for us as we're considering these characters. Um, you want to go or, or do you mind staying for a little bit? Can you stay? because I want to keep illustrating this a little bit. Um, we want to talk about Simon the Pharisee first. Uh, Simon the Pharisee um, is just beginning a relationship with Jesus. And so that kind of emotional distance that we just saw between me and Zeke, that's basically what Simon the Pharisee is doing. He is inviting Jesus over so that he can make a choice about whether he's going to move towards Jesus or move away from Jesus. Uh, it, 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 it's, uh, it's this thing where he's, he's saying, look, I, I'm interested in Jesus, but, but I want to know more. And so, so I want to watch him, and I want to listen to him, and then I will make my choice about him. 
So right off the top, I just want to ask you, is Simon the Pharisee a very gracious person? No. We'd have to say, no, he's not a very gracious person because what he's doing is he's making Jesus prove it and he's making Jesus earn his relationship, his friendship. We can see that in the actions of Simon the Pharisee. Uh, Simon the Pharisee gives Jesus no water for his feet. Uh, That would have been a common courtesy of the day. If you want to make somebody feel welcome in your house, uh, the common courtesy of the day is to give them a, a water dish for their feet. Um, if you want to make them feel really welcome in, in your house, uh, you give them water and you actually get down on your knees and you wash their feet yourself. But Simon the Pharisee gives Jesus no water for his feet. Um, but we can also see that in the, in the fact that uh, Simon the Pharisee gives Jesus no kiss. This not, it wouldn't have been a kiss on the lips, it's a kiss on the cheek. It's like our modern day kind of hug or handshake when, uh, when, when you first uh, meet somebody or greet them. Simon the Pharisee doesn't give Jesus that hug or that handshake of friendship. And Simon the Pharisee gives Jesus no special treatment. Um, it, it would have been extra special treatment to give somebody some, some ointment for themselves, some oil that they could have poured on their heads. It would have, I mean, remember, right, this is first century. There's no baths, right? So people are, a little bit of oil goes a long way. It kind of just refreshing your appearance and refreshing your spirit and, and preparing you for a nice casual uh, conversation around a meal. And so Simon the Pharisee does none of these things when Jesus kind of first gets on the scene. And then as the meal goes on, right, what Simon the Pharisee decides to do, are you sitting down on the job? What Simon the Pharisee decides to do is is he essentially decides to step away from Jesus. He's watching Jesus and he says, hey, I don't think you're doing the right thing and I don't like what you're saying or, or not saying. And so he makes his judgmental choice and he decides to step away from Jesus. What Simon the Pharisee doesn't like is the fact that Jesus is allowing this woman to uh, touch his feet, uh, touch his feet with her hair, or even be close to him, close enough to touch. And so Simon the Pharisee is not a very gracious man. And what he's doing is he is, he is making this judgmental choice that says, nope, I don't want to be close to you, so I'm going to step away relationally from you. Now, the second character is the woman. And the woman uh, is interesting because she has no name, but she has a label. And sometimes we just have to kind of admit that sometimes it feels like that. Right? Sometimes it feels like people don't really know who we are, but they just sort of like know our label. And the woman's label is not a good one. She's labeled as a sinner. Uh, twice in these opening verses, as the story unfolds, as the meal unfolds, the woman is identified as a sinner. Two times. Um, a, a sinner is somebody, we talked about this last week, who essentially um, God establishes this mark, right, of how life is supposed to be lived. And, um, and, a, and a sinner misses that mark. Uh, They either don't know that it exists, um, or they don't care that it exists, uh, or they're aiming at it, and uh, they just miss frequently. And so that's what's happening for the woman. She is a sinner. Now, um, this is, she is a known sinner. Uh, Apparently, she has a reputation, and, uh, and apparently you could look at her and be able to identify her as a sinner. Uh, Most commentators will, will say that she was a prostitute, We don't really know that for sure, uh, but that's what most commentators say. And it's probably a good guess where you could have looked at her and just identified her 
as a sinner. And, and so what she does is, is she brings this awkward, uncomfortable, socially inappropriate moment to this meal. Remember, Jesus and the honored guests are around the table, and then everybody else from the town is really supposed to come and keep a social distance around the outside of the, of the meal, around the outside of the table. She doesn't keep a social distance. She comes right up to Jesus, and she touches his feet. She touches his feet. And, and her hair is exposed. That in itself um, is an awkward thing. At this time in history, women were supposed to keep their hair covered. If you had your hair out, it was a form of sensuality. And so you were supposed to keep your hair covered. And, and she's got her hair out, and her hair is, is uh, cleaning the feet of Jesus. Um, and she's using this expensive ointment, uh, this expensive perfume, and she's pouring it all over the feet. Of Jesus, and so the, the the question is the same for the woman: Is the woman gracious? We identified that Simon the Pharisee was not gracious. Is the woman gracious? Yes, yeah, she is incredibly gracious. My uh, friend here is helping me answer. Uh, she is incredibly gracious. We we just have to think about this, right? Um, they are just meeting for the first time, uh, just like Simon the Pharisee was interested in watching and listening. Uh, as far as we know, uh, this is the first encounter between Jesus and the woman. A lot of commentators make a guess and they'll say, oh, she probably listened to Jesus before or she probably heard a miracle. But we've just got to see the story as Luke tells it. Luke just kind of drops this woman in out of nowhere and she's meeting Jesus, encountering Jesus for the first time. And she's incredibly gracious. She doesn't make Jesus earn her affection. She, she doesn't make Jesus prove himself to her. She just um, bridges the gap and goes straight up to him. Today, it, it would be like, you know, you meet a stranger on the, on the street and you just go up to that stranger and you give them a big gigantic hug. Uh, and, and then you give them an expensive gift after that. Right, so imagine that Zeke, right, is a perfect stranger, and I walk up to him and just bridge the gap right away, and I give him a big, gigantic hug, and then I put him down, and I give him this, this really expensive gift, right? That's awkward even in today's kind of thinking, right? Uh, maybe not for kids, but for adults to do that kind of activity to each other. It's incredibly strange, but, but just see this, it's gracious. I'm not waiting for that person to prove themselves. I'm not waiting for that stranger to say the right things or do the right things. I'm just choosing to move towards them uh, right off the bat. And that's what this woman does. She, 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 she bridges the gap and she's so close that she can actually touch his feet. And she, she, she's weeping over his feet and, and, and she doesn't give a, a water bowl, but, but she's wetting his feet with her tears. And she's using that exposed hair to clean his feet with ointment. The woman is incredibly gracious. Uh, Jesus. Uh, Jesus is the, the third character that we want to be considering. And, and I'll tell you right off the top, Jesus is gracious. Uh, that shouldn't be surprising to you. But what we want to do is consider who is Jesus gracious towards? To whom is Jesus gracious? Because this is kind of interesting and, and, and really uh, challenging and, and encouraging all at the same time. We've got to see that Jesus is gracious to Simon the Pharisee. You might not think that. It's obvious that he's gracious to the woman, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But, but he's gracious to Simon the Pharisee. Uh, how? Uh, by accepting the invitation. 
We've got to see the story that Luke is telling. Jesus has already had three run-ins with the Pharisees. They question him in, um, in chapter 5, verse 21. Uh, they, they question him in chapter 5, verse 31. They question him again in chapter 6, verse 2. He's already had three run-ins with the Pharisees. It's pretty clear that these people are interested in him, but don't really like him very much or don't approve of the way that he is doing life. I don't know about you, but, but, but anytime that I'm confronted on a regular basis by one person, I sort of kind of want to run the other way when that person comes. <laughs> uh, if there's a particular group of people that seems to not like me and question me, um, and I see that group coming at me, I'm going to run the other way. But, but just see what Jesus does. Simon the Pharisee extends an invitation to Jesus, and Jesus says, yes. It's an incredibly gracious move by Jesus. He, he, he isn't making Simon the Pharisee earn it. He's not making Simon the Pharisee prove himself. He just says, yes, I'll come and share a meal with you. Now, why? How, how does he show grace? Uh, by accepting the invitation, why? He, he does it uh, for, for maybe two reasons. Number one, it's just what he does. <laughs> we'll see that in a second. It's just what he does. But, but I also want you to see this. He wants to give Simon an opportunity to know him more deeply. Um, uh, Simon the Pharisee is approaching the meal with the thought that Jesus is a prophet. In the middle of the meal, he says, if this man were a prophet, that Simon just kind of exposed his hand there, and he thought that Jesus was a prophet at best, right? A, a prophet is somebody who hears a word from God and speaks it to the community around him. And so Simon the Pharisee thinks that Jesus is a prophet at best. And what Jesus is doing is he accepts the invitation so that Simon the Pharisee can know him as more than just a prophet, but also as a savior, as a king, as the Lord of lords and king of kings. And so Jesus is incredibly gracious to Simon so that Simon might know him more. Now, uh, as I mentioned, Jesus is also gracious to the woman. And the how here is a little bit uh, more obvious. He, he is incredibly gracious with his actions. Right? He, he is silent when this woman is, is touching his feet and, and kind of behaving in a, in a culturally inappropriate way. Uh, he could have easily have, have scolded her, right? Uh, if he wanted to save his own reputation, right? He's the young, uh, popular preacher of the day, and, and, and his reputation is growing. So if he wants to save his reputation, it, it would have been wise of him to scold the woman at, at least so he uh, communicates, hey, this isn't right. This isn't the right thing to do. Um, he could have easily called the guards and had the woman escorted out of there. Um, he, he could have easily said, thanks, but now is not the right time for this. Can we maybe talk later? But he says nothing. He just allows her to, to wet his feet, um, to clean his feet, and, and to pour expensive ointment over his feet. He also expresses grace with his words. Remember that two times in those opening phrases, um, she is called a sinner. And so it's really powerful as you look at the story and you can look at the detail for yourself. But in Luke chapter 7, guess how many times Jesus announces her sins to be forgiven? Two times. 
twice she is called a sinner. Uh, Simon one time thinks it to himself, and one time uh, Luke, Luke himself identifies her as a sinner. And, and, and Jesus then basically says, hey, uh, this woman is forgiven. And then he looks at her directly and he says, hey, your sins are forgiven. He says it with his own words. He is gracious with his words. So uh, Jesus is gracious to the woman. Why? <laughs> it's just what Jesus does. Um, Jesus tells this powerful story. It's just, just, just two verses right in the middle of this, but, but he tells this powerful story right in the middle of this whole meal. And, and he talks about a moneylender, right? The moneylender uh, shows grace to people. Uh, wouldn't that be nice if we lived in a world and a society like that where, where moneylenders would forgive our debts, right? <laughs> I just, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> moneylenders uh, pay off our debts. Um, he, he talks about this person that owes 50 denarii. And uh, a, a denarius is a, is a day's wage, right? So, so that person would have had to work for 50 days straight to pay off their debt, not pay anything towards their house, not pay for any food, not pay anything else, just, just pay the moneylender for 50 days straight. And the moneylender says, your debt is forgiven, erased. Uh, and then he tells a story about somebody who owes 500 denarii. They would have had to work for 500 straight days with, with no other payment towards anyone else, right? Um, uh, no payment on their house, no food, nothing else. Just paying the moneylender for 500 days worth of work. And the moneylender says, hey, your debt is forgiven, erased. And Jesus is trying to communicate that crystal clear message that he is the moneylender that forgives all debt, that forgives all sin, that, that forgives any wrong. So, so look, if we move this whole meal and the message uh, back to us today, um, uh, you know, and we kind of let it just hang over us in 2020, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the, the, the challenge and the celebration here of what this meal does. On the one hand, this meal challenges me because it reminds me that I need to be more gracious. Um, I, I told Krista last night, we're, we're just not very gracious people uh, overall. And, and, uh, and, and because uh, we, we just, we make people kind of earn it. We make people prove themselves before we move towards them. Will you come back up and help me again? Right? Uh, we we kind of take this position where, hey, we've got this distance and I'm going to sit here in judgment and watch what you're doing and watch what you're saying and, uh, and then I'll make my choice. And so this story really challenges me to honestly be more like the woman and to be more like Jesus and to be thinking about uh, being more gracious in my own life, to move towards people without making them earn it or deserve it. And then, of course, the celebration. Uh, the celebration is, uh, is that Jesus is gracious to whom? To me. Um, I, I drew this yesterday, and I, Tom, I don't know how close you can get to it, but um, th this is a sheet with 50 marks on it. And um, uh, this is representing the 50 denarius. Um, this is... Uh, what it looks like to have 500 <laughs> denarius. And um, I was just wrestling with how beautiful Jesus is. Be because some days, if I'm honest, it feels like I make 50 mistakes. <laughs> and other days, it feels like I am more in the 500 mistakes kind of category. 
And the beautiful good news message of this story is that Jesus forgives me on my, my 50 mistake kind of days. And the beautiful good news message is that Jesus forgives me and erases my debt on my 500 mistake kind of days. Um, and, and that's true of me as a father. It's true of me as a pastor. It's true of me as a husband. It's true of me as a friend. Jesus is the moneylender who forgives all of our debt. He is incredibly gracious to us, and he's always moving towards us. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to deserve it. In fact, we won't, but he's always moving towards us. Amen and amen. Let's say a prayer and thank God for his work. Uh, if you're at uh, home or wherever you might be, can you just give my, uh, my Zeke a helping hand here and thank him for his work? And then you can have a seat and uh, we're going to continue with a word of prayer, okay? Thanks, buddy. Uh, dear Jesus, we thank you so much for, uh, for your love. Uh, you are so incredibly good. Uh, you are so incredibly gracious. And we thank you for who you are and for all that you have done. Uh, we know and we recognize that we have some major growth to do and that, that we should be more gracious in our own lives. And so we ask that you would help us to do that and just help us to grow, help us to, to, to take a more gracious attitude and spirit towards people that we encounter. And, and Jesus, we, we just really celebrate you today. You gave everything uh, so that we might be forgiven so that we might be shown grace, so that we might be confident that you're a father who doesn't stay distant and removed, but he comes close. And he, he throws his arms around us and embrace, and he gives us rich, expensive gifts. And so for that, we just say, thank you. In the name of Jesus, all God's people said, amen.